0: It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2.
1: This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome, you're listening to Buzz Off with
0: Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio, a weekly look at all of the buzz surrounding Internet of Things, drones, autonomous vehicles, and all the technology in between. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, and while I am an attorney, Buzz Off Show is not legal advice, I do not speak for anyone but the ramblings of a redhead. And as we tune in this week, in the past we've been talking about some of the different uh, gadgets and gizmos and all the security issues related to uh, autonomous vehicles, drones, Internet of Things. But what we really haven't looked at is what's going on once you've bought it, so you've bought the device, you've secured it to the best ability, possible. your coffee maker is not going to leak your secrets. Well, okay, but what happens when you have guests staying in your house because you're renting it out through Airbnb? What happens when you go to sell your house? You know, do the new buyers care? And what happens when you go to buy a house? What should you be looking for when it comes to the nest and automating the HVAC or the climate control? What, what are some of those questions? So as kind of a bigger or picking up on what was a bust from our last episode in GarageIt and some of these IoT apps and devices that, okay, what are some of the other busts and musts on the bigger picture? So for today's show, we're going to talk first with an expert who, to say he has been around the block once or twice when it comes to every facet of The banking industry is putting it mildly, but I'm welcoming a fellow show host on America's Web Radio, but Greg Williams is currently the VP of Mortgage Banking for Embassy National Bank, but Greg has, is a 15 year veteran of the mortgage and lending industry, all kinds of residential to some commercial as well. But Greg, welcome to the
2: show. Hey Elizabeth, it's great to be with you. I uh I always will take a little bit of credit for uh the stars born that is you <laughs> because you, you took you had such a knack for it when i had you on my show and uh i think it was really about drones i was fascinated with uh the the technology behind them and and the fact that we didn't actually have laws governing certain things and as a republicarian i normally am not a fan of laws but privacy there's all sorts of things and what our conversation then was so eye-opening and next thing i know you've got a show that's got better ratings than me
0: Oh, now you're being kind, but yes, and, you know, I couldn't talk about trends in real estate or lending without, of course, coming to you first. Well, thank you, thank you. Looking forward to the discussion because after you join us, we're going to take the tech side of things and speak with Marshall Corey, who has a comp- startup company that is looking into the Internet of Things from a bigger picture, but let's go smaller picture. If I am looking to buy a house, uh, I saw a tweet recently that said, basically, it's no longer a question of which school district. It's what what is my you know broadband? What is my access? What is the tech side of things? And have we really made that leap? I mean, are we looking at the Jetsons yet?
2: Yeah, absolutely not. I um, Mr. Kaminsky normally it seems like a very intelligent guy, but I was pretty surprised when I when I read that because it's it's absolutely not true. Um, I mean, the main thing. I can. It's always location, 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 right? Those are the three main rules in real estate. It's it's basically one rule uh, repeated three times. The biggest thing right now that, that that drives people to move and drives people to pick neighborhoods is still the public schools. Um, you look at an area like East Cobb or North Fulton or Dunwoody or certain areas of. uh um, you know, even at Morningside in Atlanta, people are moving to specific areas just for the elementary school. The Sarah Smith Elementary School in Buckhead is a key one for people, and it drives real estate prices. Most of these folks are not caring how fast an Amazon delivery comes. We're in Atlanta. If you're inside the perimeter around it, you're going to have fast Wi-Fi. So none of these technology concerns really are driving prices. It's still the good old-fashioned school district. Neighborhood proximity to uh, you know uh, diversions and shopping and bars and restaurants. So the Beltline is driving things far more than technology. If you look down in Fourth Ward area, and I don't, I know this program's probably listened to nationally, but uh, you know even in Dallas, the uh, uptown area in Dallas is considered the hot market there, and it's because of its proximity to everything that's fun. So uh, you know, again, it's really not a technology focused real estate market that we're in right now.
0: Well, and you say that, and it's, I mean... I can recall as my family moved around Atlanta growing up, it really was a factor of, well, which elementary school, because in our household, there were five kids and private school was just not going to (laughs) happen. But but you mentioned like the Beltline and I mean, Atlanta was just ranked as one of the top uh, draws for millennials as, you know, once again, uh, I forget the specific rankings, saying we are an up-and-coming next tech city. But is there no overlap between that?
2: Oh, I mean, you know, th- there is, of course, overlap. But I think that the tech sector is more the, the jobs that are here, not, you know, again, we're, we're going to continue seeing advances in everything. In fact, I think a lot of the the discussion we have about the public transit system, is really a moot point because what is, what is growing faster technology wise? Drone technology and autonomous vehicles is growing far faster than extending heavy rail into the northern suburbs at a ridiculous cost of $200 million a mile. I saw something in, it was United Arab Emirates. I believe it was Dubai, but basically they have a human or, or a drone that can now fly a human. And that literally is the Jetsons. Now, obviously, it's not available for mass production. It seems like the uh, the wealthy Arabs are always a little bit ahead of us with the toys. But, um, you know, I saw this. It looked safe. And I can see 30 years from now, that is the future of transportation, not extending uh, heavy rail. So uh, I dovetailed a little bit off your point. But the, the, <laughs> the fact is, is that, um, you know, the technology – is a major part of it, but we're going to, that's going to grow organically. And I don't think it's really driving people moving to Atlanta right now. I think the jobs and the uh, opportunity is not necessarily the fact that we've got any technological advances, advantages over other cities.
0: Well, and I promise I did not set this up ahead of time, but the FAA recently held a symposium on unmanned systems, where Uber was highlighting during a presentation, a lunchtime presentation, that uh, you know the autonomous uh, vehicle, you know the flying, and showing how they could cut down on traffic and rides by going vertically and not staying on the ground and it was just amazing that what would otherwise you know be a two hour you know one hour car ride could be a 15 minute you know air oh yeah transport how do you see that kind of thing because that that's still a few years away and when folks are buying their homes you don't always know what the latest technology is going to be. Right.
2: Yeah. And and, and again, the, the, that's why people like moving to neighborhoods where they could, they could walk or ride their bike everywhere. Or, you know, again, especially with the millennial generation, they would rather be playing on their, on their smartphones than driving in traffic. So I think the technology is driving away. The, the car eventually will not be a, a source of vanity, You know, when we grew up, Elizabeth, you know, you wanted to have the new car. And, you know, I always wanted to buy a nice one. Now, you know, I have a 2007 Chevy Tahoe. It's got 153,000 miles on it. I have no intention of buying a new vehicle so I can look cool to my neighbors. And you look at the high school kids, they're not desperate to get a new car now. They're happy to take Uber and Lyft. To to them, it's like a status symbol. And I can tell you their parents are probably – ecstatic about this because if they don't have to buy a 16-year-old a car and have to pay their insurance, that saves them a lot of money.
0: Well, and ding, 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 I think you hit on the key. It's the insurance costs. I mean, especially from that perspective. (laughs) Now, are you seeing when folks are coming to you with the latest and great, like, hey, I want to, you know, are you seeing certain areas that are really still hot a shift in that or because you were saying before it's definitely it's still the school systems yep. but what about the work life about the mixed use developments
2: oh yeah i mean look at Pont city market that's uh the um the former fourth ward uh it was city, it was hall, Sears. city, it was city hall east right and so mm-hmm. they turned that mammoth monolithic building into uh, a bunch of bars and restaurants they have some kind of uh, golf driving range or some kind of like, you know, amusement park. up. I ha- I haven't been to the upstairs thing, but it's some. Oh, you're missing out. out. They have skee-ball. Is it skee-ball? That's it. So they've got all sorts of. Yeah. So they got ping pong and skee-ball and beer. And they have all these, you know, adult recreational games. And uh, they've turned it into kind of an outside shopping district and, You know, basically repurpose this old uh, building that was uh, kind of for a bureaucratic or a a municipality uh, building, and so people. And then, land traffic has a lot to do with it. And it's also people want to be around like-minded folks, and so we're seeing kind of a reverse, uh, you know, white flight, so to speak, where people are moving back. In town because they don't want to be stuck out in the suburbs where you're surrounded by chilies and long orange steaks and other chain stores. They want the novel shopping experience and they want the novel, uh, being able to get to entertainment and bars and the parks are so close to each other now and they're since they're connected to the Beltline and just this sense of community. That we have together, which I think actually transcends technology. A lot of times, people say technology makes us grow apart because we get tied up in, in Facebook or playing with our phones that we don't experience the other people around us. And I think this issues that uh, that norm or that um, that paramount that we have.
0: Paramount. Well, you have you have as well using that uh, you know the Pont City Market example. It's also where Mailchimp is headquartered, as well as General Assembly, which offers classes in all sorts of Internet technology uh, ideas, be it from designing the websites to other user experiences. But one thing that it raises is, so, okay, if I go to buy my house or I go to do my project, love to talk with you about what are some of the trends you're seeing there that what are y'all financing that you know is it my home entertainment center or you know is it the man cave or are you finding a lot of the broader technology upgrades
2: yeah that's a a good that's a great question i think we'll probably be coming up to the uh The break here so if you wanted to circle back on that on the other side of it that would probably work right
0: absolutely that's going to be our tease you're listening to buzz off with lawyer liz on america's
3: 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation passport transport the first and finest today That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you.
1: This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to
0: Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, talking today with Marshall Corey, a fuse through on all of our wonderful connected devices that have made our lives easier. What happens when we move homes, move office buildings? I mean, it's, I mean, Marshall, the mixed use developments are all the rage now. Everyone wants to have their apartment building above the shared workspace, above the restaurants and bars and retail. What kind of havoc does this wreak on our connected devices and even just our home networks?
4: Well, um, everyone wants to be very tech savvy and uh, technology is sexy and people want to move into areas that are using technology. What we're seeing is um, a lot of the a lot of the complexes uh, you know apartment complexes which is mixed use areas what they're really doing is uh, maybe they have like a beacon location uh, sending their advertisements to people it's not very sophisticated but it sort of gets things going now we are seeing some interest in people um, maybe getting involved in smart lights and not just dimming the lights when it gets dark or changing the color of the lights but uh, interacting the lights with what's going on in the the environment so it's more immersive if there's a concert going on or um, some other activities in the area so people are becoming more and more tech savvy as far as the havoc they wreak on connected systems well if these uh if they're segmented and there's enough security on them, then there shouldn't be any problem. Um, if it's a, a bunch of lights, then maybe the impact is not very high. If it's a, a group of HVAC systems, then you can really um, get a lot of uh, a lot of costs involved. So, well,
0: and what what are the factors? I mean, it. My understanding is it's kind of like a, a crowded room. That if ever if the room is empty you only have a couple of devices that are connecting it's easy you can hear the mm-hmm. conversation so to speak but the more devices that start filling up the space it becomes you know the noise level raises and it becomes hard for them to communicate right. properly is right. that an I mean, how would you characterize it?
4: Yeah, so uh, with Wi-Fi or any other uh, wireless technology, exactly the same thing happens. Uh, two people are talking at one frequency, and the more people are talking at that frequency, uh, packets of information get lost because the receiver can't hear it. So what these devices will are doing is they will... Uh, frequency hub. Uh, if the base frequency is 2.4 gigahertz for Wi-Fi, they will go up and down by a couple hundred megahertz to to get into a range where they can speak clearly again. Uh, what's happening now with the amount of Wi-Fi devices out there um, is that most of these hubs are competing for, for connections for their devices. So you and your neighbors uh, are all competing for the same spectrum so your hubs probably unbeknownst to most people are are constantly switching their frequency uh for transmission so that they can get a clear signal just constantly hopping around to try to connect to these devices. And it's causing a little bit of bandwidth loss because they have to keep reconnecting. Now, it's not as uh, obvious as a device having to disconnect and then reconnect, but that modem is not transmitting information like you want it to. It's not squinting you It's trying to get a better connection.
0: Well, I think of the baby monitors, you know, where it was if you happen to have two baby, uh, baby monitor at home A, and next door, you have Home B with their baby monitor that sometimes you would get cross-feed. With that, you just had to change the frequencies and just understand occasionally you may hear the neighbors. What can you do when it's your Nest system and your coffee maker and everything? Are there settings I should I can look at as an average user that would help, I don't know, Mm-hmm. Bite some of that.
4: Yeah. Well, the the analogy with the baby make, uh, baby monitors, uh, I forgot when it was. It was a long time ago. But a lot of these devices <laughs> were um, were just radio frequency, um, and I forgot what frequency they were using. But it was something pretty low, maybe like four hundred kilohertz. Uh, four hundred mm-hmm. kilohertz is going to travel a long distance. And, other devices can't pick up on that, just because there's nothing else in that frequency except for the audio information. So if you have the same brand of baby monitor that they do, um, you're gonna get the signal. You know, There's, there's nothing to stop you, right? You can, you can eavesdrop really easily. Uh, modern devices are more sophisticated, so that uh, in addition to the audio or video data information, there's also um, encryption keys, the so that that information is only going to be uh, reinterpreted by the designated receiver. Uh, so it's not as big of an issue anymore. You can still, you know, if they're getting security, you can spoof the devices. You can try to do a bunch of different kinds of attacks to it. But uh, off the shelf, you're not going to have as as bad a security as those data monitors were. As far as the new devices, like these Wi-Fi uh, copy makers, they will they'll connect to. Things or, or whatever, home automation system, and they'll use some kind of authentication to only connect to
0: that one device. Well, with the rapidly, because you mentioned the, you know, oh, the baby monitors, we've come such a far, way, you know, long way since then.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It highlights how this technology, even a year or two ago, does not look or wouldn't have looked like it does now if I'm designing my office space or my, my home, how do I account for or adjust for these constant technology shifts?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of the big reasons why IoT is taking so long to, to get development, because people want standards. They want uh, a system that will apply to all things. And from what we're seeing, that's just not the case got um, a lot of devices, they can be hardwired or or new devices that are using Wi-Fi, and there's advantages to all of these different devices and technologies and platforms, so it is very difficult to to pick and choose what you can get out of it. Um, In our experience, the best best way to go about it is to be uh, agnostic, to be um, friendly with all the devices out there so that the current equipment that maybe controls the light fixtures or um, if you've got an office building, maybe checks in people, can still communicate with um, your security system, uh, your air conditioning system, and, but then you need a little bit of segmentation and, and more security now so that these devices, so that your, your information doesn't run rampant, so that people don't get access to your your doorbell and then they take over your security system.
0: Or... As Dallas recently found out, your, you know, emergency alert system <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to set that off at midnight. Uh, I forget how many different times, but yeah, I'd I'd say the police would not find it funny responding to my door alarm going off. Mm-hmm. And after a while, they'll charge me. So. Uh, Excellent, excellent point. Now,
4: there are, and there are a few, I guess, security issues. Uh, a lot of it still has to do with, uh, with radio frequency. Uh, there are some fancy cars that you can uh, unlock uh, via remote, and there have been people that have made uh, spoofing devices that will just go through all the frequencies and all the different um, protocols to uh, unlock your car. The same thing was true you know, 10 years ago with, uh, with televisions, as you could get a universal controller and turn on and off, take TVs, uh, just by spamming every different combination of, uh, of frequency. So what we're seeing with, with these uh, more advanced devices is more information has to be sent to secure the device. and. Um, It still is not, uh, I guess, a significant portion of it, but it still has to be taken into account. So maybe that packet that was, um, I don't know, maybe like 16 bytes is now going to be up to 24 bytes because you have to add additional security in there and uh, make sure it's going to the right person.
0: Well, yes, uh, as my family members and I or my siblings and I can attest, spoofing TV remotes was a lot of fun Um, but we're talking with Marshall Corey of Fuse Through and Marshall uh, certainly you know your stuff when it comes to this wiring tell us a little bit about Fuse Through and how y'all became focused in this area
4: okay so what we saw was sort of the same thing that was going on with home automation uh, last year. And we saw that uh, in industrial protocols, uh, commercial protocols, the same kinds of issues are happening. And the term IoT gets applied to all of them. Um, in my background in uh, manufacturing and, and consulting, doing some controls, um, we saw that there was still all these siloed systems and, and devices that weren't on a network because... It just wasn't it, just the way it used to be. And so these devices are becoming more smart, but there's a lot of hesitation. Then you've got these devices that are smart, and they don't talk the same protocols as other things. So the way we got into this was through uh, smart cities doing some building automation and rapidly deploying a system that was, well, instead of wiring in all these devices into the air conditioner and into the the vents and across a building, taking weeks of time, um, hiring uh, contractors, getting into the walls and doing all that, a lot of these devices with simple Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, uh, low raw signals, uh, we can get connectivity, and we can add on the security to make sure that... um, None of these different uh, sections of data interfere with anything else. Uh, so what we did was uh, was that it was focus on the sensors, get the technology to uh, to work together, and then communicate that to the existing systems, uh, whether it's a backnet for a building automation control or a control system for maybe like a manufacturing shop.
0: Well, you can find out more about your company at the website fuse through, and then through is THRU.com. But when can y'all take it on to a smaller scale? <laughs> can we please ask, or can we ask you to please consider adding some of this in for the smaller scale systems? Because it sounds like y'all have solved a problem that needs to be solved.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, th- what we're seeing is that uh, apartment complexes, some some cities, uh, these mixed-use areas, this technology is being able to apply to all the residents of those places. So uh, with the economies of scale, it's going to be a lot easier to make these solutions for a, a lot more people all at once rather than a single person uh, outfitting their home with a bunch of sensors that they enjoy. So I think it's going to come to more people and faster. And, these areas to be more competitive, they're going to be involved in it. So it we might be involved in that. We might uh, you know, consult them on the side. Uh, but we're, we're looking forward to this technology uh, growing and uh, expanding.
0: Well, best of luck to all y'all doing and Thank you for joining and sharing your thoughts. Y'all Are y'all on Twitter or some of the other social media? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, you can look me up at, uh, at MarshallCorey. Our CTO, Jared Rhodes, he's uh, at QMATA. That's uh, Q-I-N-A-T-A. Uh, we're, we're on Facebook. And uh, go to our website, throughcom and you uh, can see all the rest of the products we're working on.
0: Great. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you to America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz. Join us next week.
3: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
1: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. the best-in-chat radio designed just for you. And welcome
0: back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Catch us each Wednesday from 2 to 3 on AmericasWebRadio.com or catch the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. It's the Lawyer Liz. Lawyerless buzz-off show. And we were talking before the break with Greg Williams, a mortgage banker and real estate extraordinaire. And Greg, so we've established that technology is not driving our neighborhood or home selection yet. But what happens when I bought the house, or I'm going to use it for stuff, and I want to do upgrades. I want to take out that home equity line to improve something. What right. am I improving these days?
2: Well, you know, I mean, here's the thing. When I say technology isn't driving, I mean, of course, when you're looking at moving out into a rural area, and, and technology has really even made made very very good progress in eliminating the rural stigma where I won't have access to public utilities. I mean, anybody can now have access. They can have uh, Direct TV or Dish Network or hook up a satellite. Most of the cable companies uh, or AT and or somebody like that will hook up a a fast internet connection for almost anybody, and and certainly in the United States of America. So I, that's why I don't think technology is driving real estate because. Your neighbor – the neighborhood – Virginia Highlands and Morningside, two uh, contiguous neighborhoods in Atlanta. One is uh, – doesn't have better technology than the other. Uh, Ansley Park. Ansley Park does not have better technology than Morningside. You, you basically have this access to the exact same. So what drives it? What drives it is, you know, the personality of the neighborhood, right? The 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 homes are a little bit bigger in Morningside. You're seeing a lot more of the teardowns. I, I think lot size – Actually, for in-town development, the size of the lot actually drives the decision much more vigorously than the technology. Because, you know, you can get some of these houses in Midtown that, uh, you know, still have a third of an acre or a half acre. And you can put two houses on there now. So I think that's still driving the, um, you know, the purchase decisions. So what does somebody do when they buy the house? We were talking offline a little bit. What's fascinating to me now is that you can buy a house that has outdated equipment in it, or even if it did have an ADT system in there, you don't have to worry about um, renewing that subscription. You can get technology that will completely automate everything hook it up to Alexa or I'm sure Siri or some of these I'm sure there's other apps out there that will completely automate everything if you have uh, your house if you rent it out for Airbnb you can completely remove the concept of keys by setting up a keyless entry system giving the tenant a code and then when the tenants uh, lease or the the term of their stay runs out, erase that code and give a, the new one to the next tenant. So you you don't even have to meet the person that's renting out your house. And that's some of the the, the beauty that uh, technology has brought to us. You talked a little bit about do people still want the man cave? And, and there is still the demographic traditions of when, you know, a husband and a wife are buying a house, the wife wants the big closet. You know, these kind of stereotypes still exist. But the man cave and the big closet – They're now, you know, home to both sexes. So the woman is – it's not a no-girls-allowed policy. The woman wants to be able to get onto the man cave and have it as an entertainment palace, basically. I was going to say, it's
0: the gamer cave.
2: Yeah. Well, I said, yeah, y'all's house, I'm sure. You guys are playing, uh, you know, whatever the most – my wife and I, we are more let's listen to, you know – reo speed wagon and have some beers the last thing we do is play video games together but i know there are other couples that do that
0: (laughs) well and so what are where are y'all seeing trends of you know hey i want to take out a construction loan for this are there certain drivers in that that you're seeing you know hey we've we've noticed a lot more is going into the infrastructure of the house you know the systems as you said not as much focus on the security system per se but getting it set up so that yeah. it can be adaptable
2: yeah well i mean people want you know the modern conveniences now so a lot of times somebody will buy a house that was you know maybe built in the 70s or 80s and and hasn't been updated so you know, if they buy a, a rehab, there's a couple different things you can do. You can either do a construction loan, and that's basically a complete teardown where you buy. This is like a property in Brookhaven where it's an old three two ranch, maybe eleven hundred square feet, but it's on a nice, nice flat piece of property. You tear it down and you put up an eight hundred thousand dollar house and place it. So that's a that's a traditional construction. loan. Then you also have renovation loans, and this would be where you pop the top. Maybe you got the house in Midtown or Virginia Highlands. It's a ranch. You want to keep the 1920s architecture around, but now you've got a family and you need to double your 1,200-square-foot house. You can't go out. You have to go up. So you pop the top, put on a second floor, and you double your square footage. We're seeing a lot of that. Uh, We're still seeing a lot of the teardowns, and there's still the classic renovation loans where you keep the bones of the structure but you completely redo the inside that's what a lot of times what the popular shows like flip this house or what i know they have a bunch of them now now that real estate's (laughs) got to be a hot thing there's like 20 of them there's one i think a couple's going through a divorce now so i'll put it this way most of those shows are very unrealistic the profit margins they claim are are simply not true but there's money to be made in the segment by uh, doing smart renovations that are uh, very appealing to everybody. You don't want to put in a, a an English tavern in your basement and think you're going to get dollar-for-dollar dollar return on it.
0: Well, are you going to get a dollar-for-dollar dollar return on, say, putting in that nest or the automation system?
2: Um, Well, the automation system, I think, is going to be something custom. But dollar for dollar or the profitable sensors of any kind of renovation is basically a kitchen renovation can get you an immediate profit of about 2%. Uh, Bathroom renovations can get you an immediate profit as well. Um, Painting and, and aesthetics like that, they don't really get you an immediate appreciation, but they will allow your house to sell faster or for, for a better price. So let's say you're asking5.99 for it, um, unpainted, unfinished, somebody comes in and offers you 585. you may take it. But if you've gone to the trouble of really cleaning making it a clean sale, fixing up the curb appeal, you can look in this market to getting a hundred percent of your asking price, maybe even more. So there's some tricks. but if you if you're trying to make a profit, kitchens and bathrooms, kitchens and bathrooms, kitchens and bathrooms that's the only thing you need well, to worry about renovating for a profit
0: well and if I'm renovating my kitchen do i do I pick the smart you know refrigerator or is that still a
2: novelty oh no 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 people well I mean it, it depends because a refrigerator can technically be moved so mm-hmm. when you're by, if you're if you're renovating it just for yourself then of course get whatever you want because you will maybe take it with you. A lot of times, people have the souped-up washer and dryer now. Those don't stay with the house anymore. Those go with the with the seller. If you're, but if you're renovating a house, you're you're not a best buy. So, so thinking you're going to turn a profit by putting in a two thousand dollar refrigerator when somebody can buy it for eighteen hundred, uh, that ain't going to work. So I think that. That, that having the next new gadget in the house can make it have more eye appeal. But it's really, we don't loan money on fixtures like that. So it's not going to help the value. And in fact, it can't be part of the contract and considered part of the value of the house. You have to sell it for
0: $1. Oh, wow. So really, if I'm looking at, you know, upgrading different things, I need to be doing it for whatever is going to appeal to my needs, not right future buyer.
2: Yeah, there's a standard stainless steel. I I mean put it this way, if I was renovating a house, I would put in, you know, stainless steel frigidaire, dishwasher, uh maybe a double oven and a stainless steel refrigerator, but I would not make it anything, you know, like I would not spend I think you can get a nice stainless steel for about a $1,000 refrigerator now. That's what I would get. I would not go overboard with any elaborate refrigerator that's costing more than thousand dollars because you're just not going to get dollar for dollar for it
0: now what about you know we hear about some of the ridiculous uh things that you know everything from the you know toilet paper roll that is IOt so you're saying that is definitely not a good investment
2: it's not an, it's it will not be a profitable investment um, unless you're <laughs> selling to another techie um, most people switch out the toilets when they buy the house like let's be real um the toilet paper rolls. I mean I I didn't even know IoT is it the Internet of Toilets now, the IoT, is that the acronym? But uh, yes. I didn't even know that was a I don't even know that was a thing. And and, and let's not forget, we were kind of joking about um the original tweet that kind of spawned this discussion, but um you know the, the technology world is still a small segment of society. Everybody benefits from it, but the IoT A lot of people don't even know that acronym. I'd be curious if we did a a family feud poll and asked a hundred people off the street, do you know what the acronym IOT, and we even showed it to them, capital I, little O, capital T, do you know what this means? I I would guess less than 10% would would know what it meant. Well,
3: there
0: you have it. I mean, I. I think you now know what you should be asking when new customers are coming in. Uh, yes, you know what kind of home are you looking for, and by the way, do you know what the IoT is?
2: <laughs> that should be your second question. And 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 you know what? And and if you are renovating and and you have a prospective buyer come in and they say, "Oh, I know the IoT." Then maybe get the souped-up fridge and then the dishwasher and everything that's plugged in and the coffee machine that records your voice and all that stuff too. Maybe, maybe, maybe you go that extra mile. But the average the average person – and this is why people, when they put in swimming pools uh, – I'll just give this final example. But uh, let's say you have a really nice swimming pool, costs you 50000 to put in. You may get a family that loves your house but looks at your swimming pool as a danger to their two-year-old daughter, right? Because they don't know how to swim, they don't want to be constantly monitoring it. So that can actually detract from the value to that family, or they may not even consider buying your house, so that you're therefore lowering the demand for your house. So you always have to consider, is this a vanity home improvement, or is this something that's really improving the value of this house for anybody that purchases it?
0: Well, you raise a good point. If you've got an Apple household versus an Android, Android household, I mean, some of the stuff isn't going to translate
2: as well. Oh no, I mean, and that, and again, yeah, because if you if you walk in and basically it's an Apple household and somebody's got the the Note five or the Galaxy eight, and even the adapters don't work because I have noticed some of the new. Uh, condos and apartments—they actually have adapters, um, basically all around the house. So you know you can have your guests being able to charge their phone. It's really cool. But again, if you don't have, you know, adapters for both of the major, um, you know, models right now in the country, then you know half the half the crowd won't be able to charge their phone.
0: <laughs> well, and that that is a very good point. It, not even getting into the security issues, but. In any event, uh, Greg, how can people get in touch with you and find out more?
2: Well, they can uh, email me at GWilliams at EmbassyNationalBank.com. You can also listen to me at my show, Greg's List. That's on from 2 to 3 p.m. on Tuesdays on this very station, America'sWebRadio.com. You can also contact me at my office. That number is 678-904. Four I'd love to hear from you.
0: Well, Greg, thank you for sharing your insights uh, and hope to have you back soon. And after this next break, we'll pick up with Marshall, but you're listening to Buzz Off with Lloyd.
3: The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
1: This is americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, talking today with Marshall Corey a Fuse Through on all of our wonderful connected devices that have made our lives easier. What happens when we move homes, move office buildings? I mean, it I mean, Marshall, it the mixed use developments are all the rage you now. Everyone wants to have their apartment building above the shared workspace, above the restaurants and bars and retail. What kind of havoc does this wreak on our connected devices and even just our home networks?
4: Well, um, everyone wants to be very tech savvy, and uh, technology is sexy, and people want to move into areas that are using technology. What we're seeing is uh, a lot of the a lot of the complexes, uh, you know, apartment complexes, which is mixed use areas. That, what they're really doing is uh, maybe they have like a beacon location sending our advertisements to people it's not very sophisticated but it sort of gets things going now we are seeing some interest in people um maybe getting involved in smart lights and not just dimming the lights when it gets dark or changing the color of the lights but uh interacting the lights with what's going on in the, in the environment so it's more immersive if there's a concert going on or um some other activities in the area, so people are becoming more and more tech savvy. As far as the havoc they wreak on connected systems, well, if these uh, if they're segmented and there's enough security on them, then there shouldn't be any problem. Um, if it's a, a bunch of lights, then maybe the impact is not very high. If it's a, a group of HVAC systems, then you can really um, get a lot of uh, get a lot of costs involved. So,
0: well, and what? What are the factors? I mean, it. My understanding is it's kind of like a, a crowded room. That if ever if the room is empty, you only have a couple of devices that are connecting. It's easy; you can hear the conversation, so to speak. But the more devices that start filling up the space, it becomes, you know, the noise level raises. And it becomes hard for them to communicate. Right. Properly, is right. that it? I mean, how would you characterize it?
4: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, with Wi-Fi or any other uh, wireless technology, exactly the same thing happens. Uh, two people are talking at one frequency, and the more people are talking at that frequency, uh, packets of information will get lost because the receiver can't hear it. So, what these devices will are doing is they will. Uh, frequency hop. Uh, If the base frequency is 2.4 gigahertz for Wi-Fi, they will go up and down by a couple hundred megahertz to to get into a range where they can speak clearly again. Uh, What's happening now with the amount of Wi-Fi devices out there um, is that most of these hubs are competing for, for connections for their devices. So you and your neighbors are all competing for the same Uh, spectrum so your hubs probably unbeknownst to most people are are constantly switching their frequency uh, for transmission so that they can get a clear signal just constantly hopping around to try to connect to these devices and it's causing a little bit of Bandwidth loss because they have to keep reconnecting. Now it's not as uh, obvious as a device having to disconnect and reconnect, but that modem is not transmitting information like you want it to. It's not streaming YouTube. It's trying to get a better connection.
0: Well, I think of the baby monitors. You know, where it was if you happen to have two baby uh, baby monitor home A, and next door you have home B with their baby monitor. That sometimes you would get that cross feed with that you just had to change the frequencies and just understand occasionally you may hear the neighbors what can you do when it's your nest system and your coffee maker and everything are there settings i should i can look at as an average user that would help
4: i don't know Mm -hmm.
0: fight some of that
4: yeah well the analogy with the baby make uh, baby monitors. Oh, I forgot when it was. It was a long time ago, but a lot of these devices were um, were just radio frequency, um, and I forgot what frequency they were using. But it was something pretty low, maybe like four hundred kilohertz. Four hundred kilohertz is going to travel a long distance, and. Other devices can't pick up on that just because there's nothing else in that frequency except for the audio information. So if you have the same brand of baby monitor they do, um, you're going to get the signal. You know, there's, there's nothing to stop you, right? You can, you can eavesdrop fairly really easily. Uh, modern devices are more sophisticated, so that uh, in addition to the audio or video data information, there's also Encryption keys the, so that that information is only going to be uh, reinterpreted by the designated receiver of that. So it's not as big of an issue anymore. You can still, you know, if you your security, you can spoof the devices, you can try to do a bunch of different kinds of attacks to it. But uh, off the shelf, you're not going to have as, as bad a security as those data monitors were. As far as the, the new devices, like these Wi Fi uh, copy makers, they will. They'll connect to uh, smartphones or, or whatever home automation system, and they'll use some kind of authentication to only connect to that one device.
0: Well, with the rapidly, because you mentioned the, you know, oh, the baby monitors, we've come such a far way, you know, long way since then.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It highlights how this technology, even a year or two ago, does not look or wouldn't have looked like it does now. If I'm designing my office space or my my home, how do I account for or adjust for these constant technology shifts?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of the big reasons why IoT is taking so long to, to get development, because people want standards. They want... Uh, a system that will apply to all things and from what we're saying that's just not the case uh, if you've got um, a lot of devices they can be hardwired or, or new devices that are using Wi-Fi and there's advantages to all of these different devices and technologies and platforms so it is very difficult to, to pick and choose what you can get out of it um, in our experience the, the, best I, the best way to go about it is to be uh, agnostic to be um, friendly with all the devices out there so that the current equipment that maybe controls the light fixtures or um, if you've got an office building, maybe checks in people, can still communicate with um, your security system, uh, your air conditioning system, and, but then you need a little bit of segmentation and, and more security now so that these devices, so that your, your information doesn't run rampant, so that people don't get access to your, your doorbell and then they can take over your security system.
0: Or as Dallas recently found out, your, you know, emergency alert system <laughs> no. to set that off at midnight. Uh, I forget how many different times, but yeah, I'd I'd say the police would not find it funny responding to my door alarm going off. And after a while, they'll charge me. So. Uh, excellent excellent points now
4: there are, and there are a few I guess security issues uh, a lot of it t- still has to do with uh, with radio frequency uh, there are some fancy cars that you can uh, unlock uh, via remote and there have been people that have made uh, spoofing devices that will just go through all the frequencies and all the different um, protocols to uh, unlock your car the same thing was true you know, 10 years ago with uh, with televisions, because you could get a universal controller and turn on and off, take TVs, uh, just by spamming every different combination of uh, frequency. So what we're seeing with, with these uh, more advanced devices is more information has to be sent to secure the device. and. Um, still is not, uh, I guess, a significant portion of it, but it still has to be taken in, into account. So maybe that packet that was, um, I don't know, maybe like 16 bytes is now going to be up to 24 bytes because you have to add additional security in there and uh, make sure it's going to the right person.
0: Well, yes, uh, as my family members and I, or my siblings and I can attest, uh, spoofing tv remotes was a lot of fun um but we're talking with marshall corey of fuse through and marshall certainly you know your stuff when it comes to this wiring tell us a little bit about fuse through and how y'all became focused in this area
4: okay so what we saw was sort of the same thing that was going on with home automation uh, last year. And saw that uh, in industrial protocols, uh, commercial protocols, the same kinds of issues are happening, and the term IoT gets applied to all of them. In my background in uh, manufacturing and and consulting, doing some controls, um, we saw that there was still all these siloed systems and, and devices that weren't on a network because... It just wasn't it, it was just the way it used to be. And so these devices are becoming more smart, but there's a lot of hesitation. Then you've got these devices that are smart, and they don't talk the same protocols as other things. So the way we got into this was through uh, smart cities doing some building automation and uh, rapidly deploying a system that was... Well, instead of wiring in all these devices into the air conditioner and into the, the vents and across the building, taking you know, weeks of time uh, hiring uh, contractors, getting into the walls and doing all that, a lot of these devices with you know, simple Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, uh, low raw signals, uh, we can get connectivity. And then we can add on the security to make sure that um, none, of this, none of these different uh, sections of data interfere with anything else. So what we did was, uh, was that, was focus on the sensors, get the technology to um, to work together, and then communicate that to the existing systems, uh, whether it's a MACnet for a building automation control or a control system for maybe like a manufacturing shop.
0: Well, you can find out more about your company at the website, Fuse Through is THRU.com but when can y'all take it on to a smaller scale (laughs) can we please ask or can we ask you to please consider adding some of this in for the smaller scale systems because it sounds like y'all have solved a problem that needs to be solved
4: what we're seeing is that uh, apartment complexes, some some cities, uh, these mixed-use areas, this technology is being able to apply to all the residents of those places. So uh, with the economies of scale, it's going to be a lot easier to make these solutions for a, a lot more people all at once rather than a single person uh, outfitting their home with a bunch of sensors that they enjoy. So I think it's going to come to more people and faster. And areas to be more competitive they're going to be involved in it so if we might be involved in that we might uh them on the side Uh, but we're we're looking forward to this technology uh, growing and uh, expanding
0: well best of luck to all y'all doing and thank you for joining and sharing your thoughts y'all are y'all on twitter or some of the other social media
4: Mm -hmm. yeah you can look me up at uh, at marshall Our CTO, Jared Rhodes, he's uh, at Qmata. That's uh, Q-I-N-A-T-A. Uh, we're, we're on Facebook. And uh, go to our website, through.com and you uh, can we'll see all the rest of the products we're working on.
0: Great. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you to America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz. Join us next week.
1: This is America's americaswebradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.